1: Welcome to the Master's Class. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome to Busted Open's The Master's Class, available right here on the Busted Open Podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Don't forget, you can listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 and our master's class today is with our Hall of Famers Mr. Bully Ray, Mr. Mark Henry. Gentlemen, how are you today?
1: Awesome.
0: Hi. <laughs> awesome. Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. hi. Yeah, I li- I like it. I like the hi. pleasantries because we have a topic that isn't too pleasant and that is when things get a little too real in the ring and I figure you both could share a story when those happened within your career. So, bullying... Well, why is when, it not
1: pleasant? Well, Maybe maybe it ended pleasantly. It's a, it's a I learning experience. Okay. I, I feel like a learning experience sometimes is good. So and sometimes what do you mean
2: by you got a little too real, Dave? Like, like, like when fists were flying for real? When... Yeah, how do I put this the right way? Where... How about this?
0: A plan of action... It didn't really happen the way okay. that you now, thought. Now you sound
2: like Ed Robinson. What do you want to know? You want to do this now podcast? Sound, I want to know when shit got real. I want to know okay. when fists were flying and well,
0: people let's, got let's their go ass back. kicked.
1: Let's go back to the 60s, early 70s era. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. We're
0: going to be here. There's a well.
1: book called The Hooker. when my first
0: divorce happened. Okay.
1: There's yes. a, <laughs> there's a book Fence. called The Hooker with Luthez's book. And there, was, there were guys that they could fight. I mean, not just wrestle. They could do it all, and they were willing to do it all, and they got paid more to do it all. And there was a case where there was a wrestler named Argentina Roca. Argentina Roca was a, a talented pro wrestler, but he was more of a dancer. He was a, a theater guy. And there was a guy that wanted to make a little extra money. So he shot on Argentina Roca and took the title from him so he can get a, a, a better payday. Well, Danny Hodge was the hooker in that territory and had broke ribs. So Danny Hodge got called. He came back and he looked at the guy. He told him, hey, man, we're going to do business. And he was like, Yes. They go out there. The guy punches Danny Hodge in the ribs. Now Danny Hodge is hot, as Bully and I would be in that case. And he knocked the guy out unconscious. Danny Hodge was the NCAA AAU national boxing champion. At the same time, he was the NCAA AAU national wrestling champion you cannot win if the MMA would have been during that time Danny Hodge would have been world champion for 15 to 20 years so that being said Danny Hodge waited for the guy to wake up he put the title on his stomach so when he woke up he would know where he was and now he said I'm gonna choke you out and he choked the guy unconscious, pinned him, and took the title. So there have been many stories like that throughout history where guys have – did not want to do business, weren't correct in the business, and got their asses kicked for it.
2: So, Mark, I got to ask for clarification on something because you said Argentino Roca – Roker. I think you have I think you're combining two different people, so I'm just trying to see who you're talking about here. There was an Argentine Apollo and there was an Antonino Roca.
1: And Antonino Roca, I'm sorry, I mixed the two guys. Okay, together.
2: Antonino Roca. Thank, he thank was you. a big deal in New York for Italian Americans, yeah. So was yes, a- he was. Antonino Roca. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: So, so yeah, and a and Dave hooker was was even more fe- feared than a shooter.
1: Yes. Arnold Skolan was a hooker. He was a great wrestler. He was a great boxer. And he didn't give a damn. And a lot of times, you saw Andre, Andre the Giant going to the ring. and He always had Arnold Skolan with him. And the reason was so Andre didn't get in trouble. So Andre didn't have to do nothing. Arnold Skolan was a pit bull in his prime. And you can Google him. You'll see this chiseled jaw tough guy like those guys existed in this business and in the modern era that bully and i live in there were still scrapes too and we can get into
2: it mark when when you're talking about a scrape or you think anything that comes to mind with you and anybody in the ring What's the first one that comes to mind where things weren't going the right way, or you had a bad day, or the other guy had a bad day, or somebody let a live round fly? What's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: I think it didn't concern me. The the one that uh, Public Enemy and and uh, the acolytes, um, man, like you you come in on a high horse and think that. Ron Simmons and Bradshaw are going to placate to you because you're the new thing? Mm-mm. You can't be cordial. They were not, Public Enemy was not cordial with them. Like, hey, guys, thank you. Nice to meet you. They had never met before. The first thing that they said was, hey, guys, well, I know we're new here and everything, but we got to get over tonight. That's what I was told was the first thing said to Ron Simmons and Bradshaw.
2: And it's funny you bring up this story because I was just talking about this with Bradshaw and Jerry Briscoe last Tuesday on their podcast, this exact story, because when the APA beat the shit out of the public enemy, God rest their souls, Johnny grunge and Rocco rock, um, I remember watching that on TV because we were in preliminary talks with the WWE and I knew that the public enemy was going to make life difficult for me and Devon when we first get in because when me and Devon first came in we went right head to head with Ron and John. What do you say, Dave? No, cuz I was going to say like for the story.
0: So they're in a, so they're having a match. So Public Enemy came and said, "Alright, we know that we're new here, but we got to go over." So What exactly happened that night? What happened
2: in their match? (laughs) Ron and John beat the shit out of them, for real. (laughs) Like, they didn't Beat want the, the finish of the match, was, I think was supposed to be a table or something. The public enemy didn't want to go through their own table because they, they, they were the table guys at the time. Listen, the public enemy and Sabu did tables long before me and Devon did in ECW. That's, that's no secret. Give them the props. But they didn't want to go through their own table. And they were being very difficult to do business with that day with Ron or John. So the public enemy went to the ring, and then Jerry Briscoe, who was running the gorilla position, looks at John and goes, how long are you going? and john said 15 seconds or 15 minutes someplace in between we'll let you know when we come back go watch the match it's a slaughter
1: i mean it is a complete utter ass whooping punches for i mean just the just drubbing bing and they picked him picked, uh Rocco up one time and just drove him i thought he i thought he was dead i thought he was gonna die I mean, it was it was a brutal ass whooping, and they they kind of big dog. And I'm gonna tell y'all what I'm gonna explain to the fans that don't understand what a big dog move is. Dave LaGreca has all the credentials to be able to walk into a media situation and big dog the hell out of guys. I need this area. Uh, I'm 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 a veteran of 25 plus years. I deserve this spot because of whatever. You can't do that in pro wrestling because what you're going to do is you're going to say, so you want to kick my ass over it? Is that what you're saying? You You're going to beat me? You're going to make me? You're going to make me do it? Okay, come make me do it. That's what you get when you big dog. These guys came in and did that to Ron Simmons. And Bradshaw. Let me tell you, the only, the only two people that I can see it being more difficult, the big dog, is walking in the locker room and telling Taker and Kane, the brothers of destruction, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do to y'all. And, you know, we're trying. To, we got to get over. We're the new guys. <laughs> That's the holy. I mean, the Dudleys in their prime. Christian and Edge in their prime. The Hardys. Pick one. Pick anybody. You don't do that. That's not good business. It's not respectful. And you deserve to get your ass beat.
2: It's so funny that Mark brings up the story about the APA and the public enemy. Because, you know, me and Devon had to, our first encounter was with Ron and John. Because we got fed to them. Just to see what would happen, and me, Devon, Ron, and John beat the shit out of each other, and we went in there with this. It was about respect and good business, and we beat up Ron and John, and then they beat us up back, and it was over. We popped up, shook their hands, and hugged them, and it was all that was it. the 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 test had been passed, and we had become the, the closest. Uh, Over the years because of that because me and Devon went into that with the right attitude Public enemy went in with the wrong attitude and the public enemy actually had come back to ECW to fight me and Devon and The night they showed back up in the ECW arena They laid me and Devon out and we were the it tag team at the time and we stayed down and then the following week in Detroit It was time for them to return the favor. So me and Devon go in there, we do business, we beat the public enemy down, we hit Johnny with a 3-D, we hit Rocco with a 3-D, and Mark, as you know, if you get hit with the 3-D, you don't move. You're down. uh, The the boys respected the fact that we protected our finish. Well, me and Devon get out of the ring, we get halfway up the ramp, and Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge are not only on their feet, they're on the microphone cutting a promo. I looked at Devon. Devon looked at me. We turned around. We went back to the ring We beat the shit out of the public enemy so bad that they never showed up in ECW again That's how real it got that night So the way the interaction between the public enemy the Dudleys and the APA is crazy Because what Ron and John did to them in the WWE we did to them first in ECW and sent them packing and then they were never the same after Ron and John and that's when shit gets real when you disrespect each other in a way that there's only one way we're going to settle this. So it sounds
0: like though, the disrespect Mm. that public enemy had for Bradshaw and Ron Simmons
2: actually came down on you when you went to the WWE. Our first night there, I, I, me and Devon knew that it, whether we were light with Ron and John or we were stiff with Ron and John, Ron and John were going to beat the shit out of us no matter what. That's when you really got tested back in the day. And you were either going to pass the test or fail miserably. If you fail miserably, life is very difficult 25 years ago. And we went in there and we beat the shit out of Ron and John for uh, three shows in a row. I, I, t- I cracked two-by-fours over John's back so hard, he said that his, he couldn't feel his arms or his legs. And then the time came for a live shot on Monday Night Raw, and Ron Simmons and Bradshaw destroyed me and Devon. Des- Ron Simmons picked up a 50-gallon drum like it, was a, like it was this bottle of water and was cracking me and Devon across the back like it was nothing. Bradshaw just punching us in the face. And when they yelled "cut," me and Devon got up. We shook their hands. We hugged them, and that was it. And that's how you—that's how you earned your stripes back in the day. Yes or no, Mark?
1: That listen, I was in a battle royal. I came in a little arrogant. I was a star. Billions of people had saw me in the Olympics, and I was having people tell me, "Hey, man, you're a wrestler now." Um, you gotta let that wrestling shit go i mean that that lifting shit go and focus on on wrestling. I understand that now, but as a twenty three twenty five year old kid, I was very, very full of myself, and I had my beginning with jerry Lawler and and it led to uh me getting ready for a raw rumble, my first raw rumble and they had this precursor battle royal in which everybody in that, I was supposed to go out early because they ganged up on all the big guys and threw all the big guys out. Well, I was next and they beat me down and I felt like a stabbing pain. And I was, I I, I got, kicked in the back, and I grabbed where I got kicked, and I grabbed a boot. And now I'm looking, and it's a cowboy boot. And I'm like, okay. And I got the, I mean, they kicked the shit out of me. It was like 15 dudes just gang-stomping me. Bang, bang. First, I was holding my, covering my face, and then my ribs and back were getting kicked so much. Then I started to come up, and then i realized you know what let me let me let me do business and then i'll go to the back and handle it so i get thrown they finally throw me out i go to the curtain and i'm standing at the curtain and i'm looking at everybody's feet <laughs> as they come through the fucking curtain <laughs> and i'm looking i'm looking i'm looking And, oh, here comes some cowboy boots with red trim on them. Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And I said, hey, man, uh, you was pretty snug with those fucking kicks to my back. What are you talking about? I said, that's cool. I'll take that because I can fucking take it as much as I can dish it out. But can you take it? And he said, you all right. You all right. You're going to make it in this business because there was no pussy. There was no, there was no punk bitch in me. And the guys respect the guys that can take it and keep your mouth shut and address it like a man straight to their face. I didn't go to the office. I didn't go to an agent. I went to the man and I said, listen, bro, this is not going to happen again. Or it's going to be a different case of circumstances. All right, well, fuck. That's where it's gonna be. That's where it's gonna be. It never happened again because I got brought in. Too many people today. Too many. Go to the agents, which is a mistake because the agents are the boys, <laughs> dumbass. Then they go to the office. Hey, uh, this is an unsafe work environment. The guy is bullying me. Those guys don't exist in our business. They can't water it down. They trivialize it and the seed through it. So there's a lot of times where it got real. I just gave you the protocol on how to fix it. Bully just gave you the protocol on how to fix it because we don't really want that. Nobody really wants that. You want to go home with all your teeth intact? <laughs> you, you, you don't want your knuckles? You know, what I mean? man, hitting people with your fists hurts a lot. That's why I'd rather grab a two by four and hit you with it. If it gets to it, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get hit with stuff. You're going to get ran into things. And I tell bully all the time. People start messing with me. I start looking around the room for the sharpest shit I can find because that's what I'm going to run you into. And we don't want that in the business. We want respect. We want people to uh, placate to each other and, and, and give to each other. I give you my body. Can't give you nothing more valuable But let's be men and talk man to man and don't try to get over. I'm not trying to get over on you, Dave. I don't want to steal from you. I don't want to take what bullies got. That's where the problem is. There are people that all they care about is what's within their nose. And those people do not deserve to be in the pro wrestling industry.
2: And and the and the the story story that Mark is telling about you know with with agents, you know if if an agent comes to me and Mark Henry and says okay this is what we're looking for tonight, and me Mark and the agent are discussing and the agent is in on the conversation, then everything is on the table. But if the agent leaves and I say hey Mark I want to give you a German suplex and Mark says. No, nah, I don't feel that's right for me, or I just don't feel safe taking it, or whatever reason is that Mark says no, if I go to the agent and try to politic with the agent to get Mark to take the German, now I'm the coward and the piece of shit. Because it was between me yep. and him then, and now I tried to get him to take a move that he didn't feel right about. Now he looks at me and goes... Hey, motherfucker, I told you no already. We could have discussed it amongst ourselves. Why did you go to the
1: agent? Why did you go? It's it's unnecessary. And I've this seen is kind of like. The w- go ahead. I've seen more fights with that bully than anything else. What about you?
2: I. I Mark, you know how I was. I was one of the most brutally straight up people to do business with. And it was all about business. It was never personal. You could tell me anything and everything to my face. I would never take it personal. And the discussion always had to stay between us. If if we're discussing something and I said no for whatever reason, and you went behind my, me and Devon's back to the agent, okay, no problem. We're just going to make life difficult for you in the ring. And it doesn't take... Much to make life difficult for people, because if you know what you're doing out there, you can expose your opponent by never touching them. You don't have to lay a hand on them, but you can expose them and make them look ineffective. So there's there's many ways where things can go wrong. It just doesn't have to be physical. One of the when we, when we were before we go out do this podcast, um, the one that came to mind for me also was a tag team called La Resistance. Two green guys that were put together back in the early 2000s because France didn't want to go to war with the United States. I think it was Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever. So Vince puts the two French-Canadian guys together, and they have a world of heat. And they're actually interrupting the national anthem at times. And white, hot heat. But they were the shits. And every night, me and Devon tried and tried and tried. It was getting so bad that me and Devon were starting to botch our own moves. They were making us look bad, and we could not dumb it down anymore for them. So one night in the ring, it was that time, and me and Devon just started laying it in a little bit. And then we come back through the curtain, and one of the La Resistance guys goes to me, Uh, what are you shooting on me for? Don't you know I am green? So I smacked him in his face. And then Johnny Ace pulls me and Devon on the side, and he goes, come on, Bubba. You know you can't be beating up the young boys. I said, Johnny, let me ask you a question. If me and Devon showed up in Japan, and we were working against you and Doc, Dr. Death Steve Williams, and Doc started laying into me in the ring, and I would have came back through the curtain in Corrigan Hall and said, hey, Doc, what are you shooting on me for? Don't you know I'm green? What would have happened? Doc would have beat the shit out of you. And I said, exactly, and I would have deserved it. Well, I get your point, but you can't beat up the young boys. Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes that's what it comes to. Not about beating up a young boy. It's about educating somebody in the physical manner because they're not getting it verbally. We can only tell it to you, or somebody can only tell it to you so many times... But if you're not getting it and you're putting your life at risk, my life at risk, we're not entertaining the people because everything is going wrong all the time, eventually you got to get smacked around a little bit. And that's the way it was done back in the day. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a physical sport. It's a physical form of entertainment. And sometimes you need to be educated in a physical way. Go ahead, Mark.
1: You know what, Billy? Sometimes it's, it's the opposite, too because I worked with Billy Gunn and Ron Simmons before shows to to try to get better, to learn how to do things. And I remember people, the fans could go back and look at it on, on, is when The Rock brought me into the nation. We rehearsed it. I wasn't supposed to say anything. It was just The Rock and Ron Simmons. And I told Ron Simmons, I'm here for you. He said, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Ooh, Oh, shit, that was pretty strong. And I got the message. I came after everything was shot. He said, listen, man, you don't say nothing unless you're asked to say something. Yes, sir. And that's the you you learn the lesson or you don't. He wasn't being an ass, he had something else to say. We got this much time, and I interfered with that. I got put in my place, I learned a valuable lesson and we kept it moving and you know what he did later on in the day he came to me and said listen if you keep your mouth shut and you follow me you're going to make a lot of money in this business but it's not your time yet yes sir and I kept it moving there are people, I can't say that that was the case for La Resistance. I can't say that was the case for uh, the dumbass that, um, that, that shot on, on Roca. I can't, I can't, none of these guys that did that crazy stuff, did all the uh, public enemy, I can't speak for them. But I do know this. If you come into the pro wrestling industry, And you can't learn it by feel. You're going to have to learn it by force. Or you're not going to be in the business. Dave, when I was a young
2: boy, I mean, what Mark is saying is the gospel right now. And 99% of the time, we're going to agree because we came up during the same time. Dave, when I was a young boy working the uh, Northeast Independence, um, I was an enhancement talent. When I first started, I got to work with Jim Neidhart. And I love telling this story to Natty every time because Natty always apologizes to me. I'm like, Natty, please don't apologize. Nightheart asked me how long I had been working. I said about two years. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, great. We started talking. We, had, we were both shot putters in college, and we were talking, laughing, having a great time. I was like, oh, this is great. Jim Nighthart loves me. We went out there, and he beat me within an inch of my life, Closed me, clotheslined me so fucking hard that I thought I got hit by a Mack truck. Beat me up, beat me up, beat me up, then beat me up some more, then beat me with his finish in the middle of the ring. You know why why because because that's the way it was done back in the day no problem kid i'm just gonna beat the shit out of you then beat you you're gonna take your lumps and you're gonna understand what it's like to get hit by another man in this industry I took it with, I, to this day, I smile about that ass kicking. I'm like, Natty, remember the story about your dad beating the shit out of me? I love it. She's like, Bubba, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it was a learning experience. It was great. I earned respect for what we do. It hardened me. It hardened me mentally. It hardened me physically It helped to turn me into a a callus, a giant callus impervious to pain that no matter what happened out there, I could still keep going. And I see Mark getting all like amped up right now
1: by what I'm just saying. Go ahead, man. He's going to start crying it, again. He's going to start crying again. I'm not going to start crying. I I'm, I feel like fighting. Like, Goddamn, I'm going to go to a bar and act like I'm drunk just so I can go and beat the shit out of somebody. I, I'm fired up, man, because that is what wrestling is. It's the way it's supposed to be. And we got a lot of soft-ass people that's in the business now because they're entertainers. They're not wrestlers. It's time for the wrestlers to come back. And when we get that, all the fans will be in the building. You can't buy a ticket. Because they see the strength in people. They, they, they heartbeat fast when they get close to them. Oh, shit, I want to go say hi, but nah, fuck that. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, that's when wrestling will be back. That's when we'll be selling out stadiums with 100,000 people in them. And that's when the money will be so good that me and Bully will come out of retirement. So we can go get some of that cream money. <laughs> no, but, but it, sounds like, right. I it, sounds like,
0: it sounds like it's protection of the business. It sounds like it's respect for the business. And it goes back to what we say all the time on Busted Open, the realism of the business, because that's how people are really going to get emotionally invested in what they're watching when there is some mm. of a realism, but it seems like from your guys and your stories, and thank you so much for sharing. It is, you know, protecting the business and having respect for the business that you taught and were taught those lessons when wrestling gets too real. And I think there's a reason, why shit can get real yeah and it definitely did uh thank you so much for listening bully mark awesome show today make sure you subscribe rate and comment on the busted open podcast available on apple stitcher spotify and pandora and don't forget listen to our daily show monday through saturday 9 a.m to noon eastern time on sirius xm fight nation channel 156
1: Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters